It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. It's time to review training camp day number two, although it does kind of feel more like mini camp day number two, but with everything going on, whatever, it all kind of blends together with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, before we talk about practice, we should talk about the transaction the Jets have made. They were a little thin at wide receiver. Some guys are banged up. So they went out and got two-time Super Bowl champion and former Monmouth wide receiver Chris Hogan, whose nickname is 7-Eleven because they say he's always open, which is weird to me because if he's always open, you would think he would have had better numbers throughout his career. He's been a solid contributor at wide receiver even though ironically last year he missed most of the year with Carolina because of an injury so it was kind of weird to sign a guy to help out with an injury who has had these injuries especially last year but no matter what anybody thinks of this signing Chris it does give the Jets camp depth and more importantly than that it gives me the opportunity to do this well you know something Chris Nimbly brother Chris Hogan's in Jets training camp now, dude. He's been to the top of the mountain. He's got two Super Bowl rings. And what you gonna do, brother, when Chris Hogan and all the Hogan maniacs run wild at Florham Park, brother? Oh, man, you've just completely flipped my uh, complete mind on this signing, (laughs) and now I hate this signing. Now I hate this signing, and they need to withdraw the offer immediately. Offer rescinded. (laughs) So, Chris, let's talk about this. I actually think it's an okay move. Like I said, he's camp depth. I don't know that he's even going to make the roster necessarily, but he's a local guy. We know that he's got experience. He can easily learn systems, so he's fine to have here. People are going crazy about, oh, they could have gotten this guy or that guy. They could have gotten Demarius Thomas. Whatever. We're talking about a guy that even if he makes the roster, he's going to be like the fourth or fifth receiver, so it's fine. So, okay, walk with me here. Don't, Don't just listen to the first few words I say and then stop. Hear me out completely. But I actually love this signing. I, like, love it. And now I love it because I love it for what it is, which is a training camp signing. Mm-hmm. And he will be able to be a really big, huge help to Sam Darnold in this offense throughout training camp. With the shape of this roster right now, with Jamison Crowder being the only one you can really rely on of going forward into a season, uh, Denzel Mims, even the the rookie uh, that we you know 
have to wait and see what he can do in the NFL. Can't even get on the practice field right now. Um, Rashad uh, Perriman had a very nice play today. We'll talk about that. But, okay. Oh, Sam needs a receiver who's going to run the right routes and be in the right places at the right times. He needs that. He needs someone who can be consistent. He doesn't need someone who's going to, you know, beat every corner off on every play. Uh, he just needs someone that's just going to be where he's supposed to be at all times. And that that's what is going to be needed for training camp. Now, sure, with the looking at the depth of this roster right now, Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, Josh Malone, like, yeah, I would probably say Chris Hogan has a good chance of making this roster there. Um, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if he doesn't. And if he does get cut and doesn't make the opening day roster, I'm still going to love this signing because of everything I just said. Then there's also this added caveat that who else are you going to get out there? You just said it with the Mary Sums. Number one, he's got the knees, the issues with his knees. And he's not Demarius Thomas from when he was in the Broncos. So there, there's not a lot of options out there. So get the steady, reliable guy that we know that Sam can count on to be where he's supposed to be at all times. I agree. Like I said, you could make a case for a couple of other guys, I guess, but it really doesn't matter. He's just a reliable target that they can use in training camp. And then if the injury problems persist into the season, he could be a fourth or fifth wide receiver. He's a local kid, so that's a cool aspect to the story as well. Because when you look at the current depth chart with the injuries going on right now, like you said, Jeff Smith sounds like the name of a guy who's in witness protection in the state of Montana, and his real name is like Tony Russo or something. So that's what you think of when you see him, a guy that was in the Sopranos or something, and now he's off in witness protection. And then you've got Post Malone, which I didn't know that he was able to do this while he wasn't on tour. But hey, listen, if he wants to try his hand at football, more power to him. COVID's shutting down concerts. Can't be touring. Exactly. So he's going to try his hand at football and we'll see how it works out. But for Sam Darnold, he needed somebody like Chris Hogan to come in here and help out because right now he does have Brashad Perriman. He does have Jamison Crowder. And those guys actually had some pretty decent chemistry with him today. You talked about Brashad Perriman getting a touchdown. A lot of people were talking about that. It was over Bradley McDougald, who's a safety. So take that with a grain of salt. But it was a long bomb, a 50-yarder. And then Jamison Crowder made a nice play. So sounds like even though Darnold looked really rusty day number one he bounced back a little bit day number two yeah he definitely bounced back now everything around him was still rusty and shaky uh the the offensive line there there's lots of problems there one bright spot we'll get to but there's lots of problems there and um you know uh, Herndon Crowder made a couple of plays that it was good to see uh Perriman had that one play it was really a beautiful throw by Sam just a trajectory he put on it the way it just dropped down uh that on that play I was watching Beckton and then I when I saw Sam getting ready to launch it then I watched it go and just drop right into his hands and Sam took the day off on Saturday when got polished up got that rust off and he was ready to go and he the every again everything around him was still not ideal but he was dealing he was out there cooking and uh letting the letting it fly and it was ripping he he looked really good out there that he had a good command 
He knew it, there didn't seem to be any hesitation to anything he was doing. He was like fully in control of the practice in every conceivable way, and it, it was good to see. So Perriman and Crowder stepped up to help Sam Darnold. He's going to need that when the regular season starts. He's also going to need some help from his offensive line, particularly a very large man playing left tackle. We heard after the first practice that Quinton Williams got the better of him, but that Adam Gase was very impressed. And it sounds like a lot of people around the organization, particularly Gase, are very impressed with how seasoned he looks so early on because remember Chris what a lot of people were saying is that he's going to take a lot of work he needs some development he's still raw in a lot of ways but we'll get to this later when we talk about what Adam Gase had to say in the presser it seems like he may be a lot further along than people realize I suppose we can credit Duke Manyweather for that in a lot of ways but Chris you were impressed I know and so is everybody else who was covering the practice yeah let me uh, let me do a little inside baseball for you guys right now sometimes when I go to practices, I go to practice, I, I generally take notes on my phone as I'm watching practice. And sometimes I take notes on my phone and then I go and I listen to uh, the press conferences afterwards. And, you know, what stood out to me doesn't get mentioned at all. Um, sometimes what I, uh, I write in my notes comes out and somebody saw it differently than I did. Uh, this time I took, I wrote in my notes because on Friday's practice, I didn't have a good view of Becton to really get to watch the reps. It was on the opposite side the uh, and the opposite end of the field for most of the practice for where I was. And our movement this year on the sidelines is, a little, is way more restricted than normal, where we can normally just walk up and down as we please. Um, so Friday, I didn't get a, a good look. Today, we had like an all-22 view, essentially, over the play. So I got to watch every rep he took. And I had my notes about how great he looked like, and I'm not just talking, I'm not talking like he was just stuffing everybody, just everything you were talking about, the rawness. Uh, this is all stuff that you saw on tape. It was glaring, not, it was glaring on tape at times. You could see the potential, but you could see the work that still needed to be done. And I think you're right. I do think we have to give uh, Duke Manyweather uh, the credit for this because I didn't see – now, you didn't see that on every rep in college, but you could see it uh, occasionally, every couple of reps, you'd see it. Uh, today, I watched – there was he was just so smooth. And to watch a man that size move so fluidly with no hitch, there was no hesitation to anything he was doing. He would just glide out of his stance and right into his set and be ready. Like, there was no stall, no hesitation, no confusion – no, nothing. And it was his body was working complete concert with every other part of his body. And it, it was like jumped out at me, just slapped me across the face, how polished it looked. And then I get home, I'm looking over the transcript and I see Gase gushing like this. And Gase does not do this. Gase does not do this uh, with rookies. But I think he, he said it. He was like, look, I'm like you guys. You throw a rookie offensive lineman in there, and I'm like, you know, biting my nails, gritting my teeth, like this is gonna get rough. But he said that Beckton has just blown him away. He's been super impressed with everything about him, the way he's gone about it, the way he's learned the playbook, the, the comfort level he that he's at, and he knows what he's supposed to be doing. And that that's one of those those things when when I 
uh, you know, I, I saw it. I get home and I see confirmation right there. And now I'm like, okay, I felt even better about what I saw and put my notes now because this isn't something he normally does. Like, you know, we're not talking about Rex Ryan here. Rex would go ahead and just, he'd see one flash of something from a player and gush for hours. Um, This meant something. This means something when Gase is talking like this now. And that doesn't mean that, I'm not saying this means Beckton's going to be a Hall of Famer now. But it means that there, these some of these concerns that we had had to be alleviated a little bit. Like, like it, you have to feel much better about that at this point than you did just a few months ago. Chris, I still remember the first time I watched Makai Becton's tape, and I texted you right after I saw it. I said, "Have you seen this kid from Louisville?" This was probably back in December. I was blown away. He was just throwing guys all over the field. I'd never seen anything like it. And when you looked at that, you saw the makings of somebody who could potentially be a special player, but you knew that he had some stuff to work on. But if he's already looking this polished and Gase is this impressed, as you said, we don't necessarily have to go getting him fitted for a suit to go to Canton just yet. He's not getting the gold jacket. We've got to wait a little bit on that. But at the same time, it's definitely easy to get excited hearing this kind of praise this quickly for a guy that we thought was going to take a while to really be comfortable on this offensive line in this offense. And as you said, Gase doesn't throw these types of compliments around easily, especially with rookies. So that is certainly something to be happy about. We'll get into what Gase had to say in a bit. But first, I want to hear about the defense. I know that Blake Cashman got a little bit of run with the starters today. Anything interesting that you saw defensively? Uh, not too much. Uh, there was Cashman getting some run there. Avery Williams still not back. So um, And uh, Burgess wasn't in for a lot of it. Uh, this is one of these tricky things again, because really, I guess, if you ask me what stood out from practice from the defense, I'm just going to say the defensive line. But how much of that is the de- how good the defensive line was versus how bad the rest of the offensive line was. Because that's another thing that jumped out and was obvious and had all of us reporters making jokes with each other is, oh, yeah, this is another year of this offensive line being like this. And it, it could, should be expected for them to not look great right now because of the long layoff from the last time they practiced a bunch of new guys, um, not, you know, overly talented group, but so you, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to judge them from today, what they will be for the season, but I've seen this movie before. Um, it usually doesn't end well. I, I, I don't know about the supporting cast, is going to be able to turn it around th- this year. So I, I have my concerns there, but that if you want w- something that stands out about the defense was just the defensive line was just absolutely dominant today. And that's definitely partly due to the defensive line because we know they got players there. That's probably the strongest unit on the team. But uh, but the offensive line, it, it's how much of that was they look good and how much was the offensive line look bad. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. 
They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk about what was said after practice. We know that Adam Gase gushed about Makai Becton, so I want to hear more about that. But let's also talk about what he said in terms of injury updates and some of the other questions that he was asked. What did Adam Gase have to say after practice today? Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> the the main, the biggest takeaway, best thing was what he said about Becton. He gave some updates with, uh, you know, with some of the the guys. Basically, the only one that sounds like it's going to be long. And I don't want to say long term because the Mims thing, I'm not going to say long term. But every all the other injuries that they've had are are minor, and I I expect them to be back within the next couple of days. There's not too much out there. There's nothing major or serious to worry about. Um, he's talked about. He talked a lot. Of, more about Sam and just the way that Sam's controlling the offense and really more comfortable and has really just like, you know, learned the playbook in and out. And also Brashad Perriman, he's been really impressed with how <clears throat> when, you know, they obviously had all this time off, didn't have the normal mini camps and everything. He said Brashad Perriman showed up like knowing the playbook inside and out. And he was really impressed by that. Jamison Crowder also spoke to the media. What did he have to say? The big thing Crowder said was uh, was talking about Chris Herndon, and he brought him up unsolicited. And he was just like talking about how he thinks Chris Herndon's going to be the big X factor for them and is poised for a huge year. And you know, listen, if Chris Herndon can stay healthy and stay uh, stay on the field and playing games. There's no reason to doubt this. Um, and you know, he. I expect a big season if he can stay on the field. 
It's just, you know, these last couple of years, that hasn't exactly worked out. But that, he can go a long way to determining how good this offense can be. Because if Sam Darnold uh, can take that next step and make that jump that fans are hoping for, he's going to need somebody besides just Jamison Crowder. And even if Perriman plays, you know, has a really good season, not the last five game season throughout the year, but if he can put up those numbers throughout all 16 games, he's still going to need a Herndon to be able to be consistent and reliable. And Herndon is a weapon that the Jets don't have any other way. You know, Ryan Griffin <clears throat> did a really solid job last year and and played over his head at certain first stretches there. And uh, as a second back uh, tight end, really good guy to have there. But Chris Herndon is the key to this them actually having a, pos- a potentially good offense. They need somebody like him, somebody in the middle of the field, Darnold can work, somebody can – who can work all over, but he can rely on in the middle of the field. And uh, Jameson Crowder brought him up unsolicited, and you can understand why. So uh, he's going to be vital for this offense, and it, it's it's always fun when the players point that out for us. Finally, we heard from Brashad Perriman, and again, it's only been two practices, but it's nice to hear that he and Sam Darnold are already building a rapport, and Perriman seems to think very highly of Darnold's touch. Yeah, I'm just going to read you this whole quote because, um, you know, I saw reporters sharing bits and pieces of the quote, but presumably you're listening to the show, you're a Jets fan, you're going to want to hear this whole quote. So uh, a reporter asked Perriman about, you know, his thoughts on Darnold and if anything had surprised you about Darnold since meeting him and practicing with him. And he said, I feel like Sam is great, man. His throwing ability is crazy. I love the way he throws the ball. The touch he has is unreal. It's so receiver friendly. And just his personality, the way he's able to take control of the room and the offense and the team, it's crazy. And him being so reserved and laid back and still having that authority when it's time to go out there and let the bullets fly, he can take control of the room very easy. I just like the way of how he leads. And him as a quarterback, it's a receiver's dream. Now, I I had to read that whole quote because how could any (laughs) fan not love hearing every words of that? And I think he makes a very important point, too, about Sam being reserved and laid back I, I think this goes for a lot of people. You can kind of – people tend to follow and respect those people a lot more when they're – when normally they're just kind of laid back and chill, but then they snap into it in the moment. That You're willing to go with that person more as opposed to the person who's just rah-rah in your face all the time because you notice a difference, and it's like – uh you know, it's it kind of like if a parent raise, uh, who raises their kid doesn't yell a lot. When when they yell, you you respect it more. When they yell all the time, you just kind of tune it out. You drain, drown it out. Um, so I think that's an important part that uh, a lot of players and people will gravitate towards that type of leadership. And he did, you know, all, all the praise. He touched all the bases there. He complimented his ability to throw the ball, the the way the ball moves, 
and the personality and leadership there. Um, that's that's got to give me a quote that excites fans. That's for sure. Should touch on the injuries, Chris. You said that it looks like none of these are anything serious, but just in case people were wondering, here's what we got. Denzel Mims, who you talked about, he's still got the hamstring. Probably going to be back in a couple of days, but he's the only one that they're a little bit iffy on. Cam Clark, there's a little bit of worry there, but nothing too crazy. It looks like he's going to be week to week with a shoulder injury. Jabari Zaniga's got a quad injury. Brian Poole sat out with dehydration. Bronson Kafusi sat out again with the hamstring. And then there's Vincent Smith, who still has the core injury. But again, none of those things sound super serious. Mims, maybe a little bit worse than we originally thought, but still day-to-day and then week-to-week with Cam Clark. So that's pretty much all there is to the injuries right now. Chris, I do have to bring this up because I just got a text message from my friend Connie Carberg, who wants to know about this because she can't be at camp this year. She wants to know what's going on with the undrafted free agent wide receivers, Campbell and Cager, because those are two guys that she's really hopeful for. She's hoping one of them sticks. Anything yet with those two guys? Well, uh, with Cager, there's a little something. There's uh, But it's been uh, basically other reporters going, wow, that guy is big. Um, <laughs> and then and then the the flip side of that is, Oh, I see why he uh, wasn't drafted because he's had a few drops already. Uh, th- those hands uh, need some work, but you can you can look at him and understand exactly why he's on an NFL team right now. But he definitely needs to work on those drops. Uh, well, we'll see going forward what we see out of them. You know, again, this is just the first two days, and uh, we don't have had a limited view. Uh, a more restricted view than normal, but we'll get more coming up, uh, especially starting tomorrow. So, uh, again, with this receiver group, I'm going to be paying uh, close attention to those bottom of the roster guys to see if any of them can stake a claim and make a name for themselves here. Chris, anything that we didn't touch on that was important from practice and what's intriguing to you the most heading into practice number three? Yeah, well, first, I mean, intriguing – I'm still going to do a lot of focusing on Makai Becton and also on the flip side of that, Quinn and Williams. Those are two guys I'm specifically going to focus a lot of attention on. If Again, assuming I can, uh, restriction-wise, focus on them. (coughs) Again, heavy focus on the receivers there. From today, really the one interesting thing that they had Marcus May out there uh, returning punts. Um, and Gay said they were just trying some different things. They know uh, Braxton Berrios, and <clears throat> this, this could very well mean nothing. This happens sometimes in training camp. They play around with those types of things, but I did find that kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, my, my main focus, I'm really going to – obviously, I'm going to watch Darnold. I'm going to be looking at these receivers. Um, but I'm I'm really going to focus a lot of my attention on just those two guys, Kai Becton and Quinn Williams, and hopefully watch them go up against each other a bunch. Um, I'll have my eyes everywhere else, but but that's good. That's going to be my focus for a lot of these practices, at least for these next couple of days. You know, and and if we can get like two or three or four straight days of this type of practice from Kai Becton, maybe I won't need to pay as close attention and it'll free it up for somebody else. But I want to see if you can stack days like this on top of each other right now. That's what I'm really looking forward to. 
I'm with you, Chris. I want to see the two of them go up against each other a lot because, as Travis Ryer said when he came on the show to talk about Jedrick Wills before the draft, I asked him about the relationship between Quinn and Williams and Jedrick Wills, and he said they both made each other better because iron sharpens iron, and that's kind of the way I look at it with Mackay Becton and Quinn and Williams. If the two of them go at it on a daily basis and it becomes one of those things where it's a tough rivalry, sort of along the lines of Darrell Revis and Brandon Marshall, but different because obviously one guy's in his second year, the other guy's a rookie, so it's not the same as the two established guys, but when guys that are that talented are constantly clashing, as I said, iron sharpens iron. They make each other better. So I'm curious to see how that unfolds. But I really do think that the two of them can help each other throughout the course of camp, get ready for the regular season, where we're all hoping that both of them have big years here for the Jets. Chris Nimbley of JetsInsider.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, Mr. Very Big Deal. Looking forward to talking to you. Every day after camp, we're going to be doing these daily training camp reports. You are our eyes and ears more so than ever before, Chris, because obviously this year there are no fans allowed. Most years, it's tough to get into training camp because they've restricted it a lot now. you got to get tickets, and there's only a couple of days that are open to the public. But this year, zero days open to the public because of what's going on. So you are our eyes and ears on the scene, and we look forward to you breaking it down for us on the podcast every day. For people that want to read your notes that you have over at JetsInsider.com, I'm sure you got plenty up there right now, right? Yeah, I have my article from today. Uh, I, I, I just... Kind of carried over with the title, just called a day two of, well, that was weird. Because, again, it was like uh, I got an invite to a private screening of a Jets practice. Uh, (laughs) We go there, we sit in a media workroom to watch them practice on TV when you uh, like they're just down the hall from us. Like, that's it. They're just down the hall. And we're sitting there watching it on TV. You know, in Cortland, they used to have the setup where they had like a press box there. And you could watch from the press box. That was kind of cool to keep you out of the heat. But this was different because, you know, we're just watching on TV and it just felt super weird. So uh, I, I had some fun with that at first still. But hopefully going forward, it, things will start to get more normal. And I can just focus all my observations on the field. But I do fully understand and appreciate that this year fans need uh, updates and reports on exactly what's happening on camps. You need us to be your eyes and ears even more than normal. So I I do take that heart and you will see that uh, represented in in my work as well going forward. So keep checking out for those every day. And at practice number three, there will be shoulder pads, not full pads, but shoulder pads, but it's a step in the direction of full pads. So looking forward to hearing what happens at camp. If you're not following Chris on Twitter yet, what are you doing? You got to follow the very big deal. He's at C nimbly and at Jets Insider. And of course, you can read his very big deal work at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.